Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I'm about, oh, about two weeks or so into my latest Blackwater Aquarium, and I can kind of sit back and peer into that tank and realize one thing. It's pretty friggin' dark. <laughs> like, the materials that I've selected, mangrove branches, mangrove and catapa bark pieces, and yellow mangrove leaves have just done this real number on this tank. They've made it really dark, a deep reddish-orange color that's almost optically limiting in many ways. In fact, it's so dark that I, me, the guy who people attach all those wacky nicknames to, like Mr. Blackwater Aquarium Guy, the Podfather, Prince of Darkness, you know, Tint Jedi, whatever, himself, is looking forward to the water lightening up a bit. Like, seriously, it's really dark, like reddish orange that's ridiculously opaque. And I've put some photos up that don't really capture it. It's that dark. Now, it's funny, but on a fairly regular basis, I actually receive questions about how to make the water in your aquarium darker. Like people actually want their water to be more deeply tinted. In fact, I'll occasionally field emails from people who are kind of bummed out that some of the you know pods and botanicals that they placed in their tanks aren't you know helping them achieve that dark, rich tint that they want so badly. I mean, this is where we're at now. These are actually fun questions that I never really envisioned that people would actually ask me when I first started Ten and over four years ago. And it makes sense, right? I mean, so many of you made that mental shift that embraces the dark water, the biofilms, all that stuff. That goes without saying that we want to do things that keep the tank tinted. Now, it's important to know that although almost anything you immerse in water will release some tannins over time, which can tint the water, some materials are better at it than others. For example, many of the tougher botanicals like Carinia pods, Stercolia pods, and the like won't get you that dark, you know, color that you want. They'll put a little bit, sure, a little bit of color, perhaps release some tannins and, you know, something that maybe, you know, more clear water centric people might like, but the coloration will be likely less than what you had in mind. These items are more about the aesthetics they bring and the functional utility that they bring to the tank to serve as hiding places, etc. To really get the tint, you'd want to use botanical materials, which more easily seem to release the tannins we want. And having worked with these things for some time now, we're kind of at the point where I could literally recommend certain materials to achieve certain tinting effects. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. And yeah, this, you know, podcast risks becoming a serious promo piece for our products every time I do something like this. But you're regularly asking me what I personally use in my tanks, you know, to achieve these effects. So I'll tell you. Now, sure, you can get some of these things from other places. So at least I'm being fair in that regard. I mean, okay, maybe. And no doubt some of you will be reading this and asking, well, why did you leave out blah, 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 they kick ass. Well, again, I agree there are dozens and dozens of possibilities and your faves may not be my faves. So... Yes, you know, you should, you know, use what you like. Yet, everyone always asks me about my personal favorites to produce the tint, so here we are. Let's just start with leaves. Now, being typically the most ephemeral of our botanical materials, they give us a lot of options and the ability to quickly impart color into the water and to remove them when they start breaking down or if the color they produce is, like, just too much for you. 
If you're looking for a very light, almost golden amber color, then I think guava leaves are perfect for this. They impart that beautiful color, they're reasonably durable, and they look really good as they break down. Now, if you're looking for just basic brown tint, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better media to work with than Texas Live Oak Leaf Litter. The leaves contained in this mix are really long-lasting. They look, you know, generic tropical, as we've talked about before, and they pack a pretty significant amount of visual tint-producing tannins in a little package. And then, of course, there's the yellow mangrove leaves. These produce a very dark, almost reddish-brown color that is undeniably attractive. And these leaves last a very long time after preparation and submersion. I mean, like, a really long time, months and months, without breaking down. And they're just a great all-around choice. And, of course, then there's the old classic catapa leaves. They're reliable for creating a nice light brown tint to the degree which is almost entirely dictated by how many you use and how often you replace them. So something to think about. Of course, the reality of leaves is that you just about any of them will do the job. I mean, every leaf that we offer can impart some tint to the water. But the ones I just talked about are my faves at the moment. But just utilize any leaves that you like and you'll be able to achieve a good lark, you know, good dark look over time for sure. Now, the next section of botanicals that we should consider would be twigs and bark. And my absolute top favorite botanical for serious color is definitely red mangrove bark. You can take an aquarium from crystal clear blue white to like mystery dark reddish brown pretty much overnight with this stuff. It packs a real serious wallop and it's my number one choice hands down for coloration. Just don't use too much or you're going to be stirred into a very dark tank for a while like I am. Trust me. Second is of course catapa bark. I mean you could pick a variety. We offer three different varieties, three different flavors as I call them from different you know locations around the world and each one looks a little bit different physically and imparts a slightly different coloration to the uh, to the water my personal favorite of the three that we offer for coloration and so forth is the Celaton Borneo Catapa bark variety it just imparts a real nice dark brown tint and it lasts a long time and it's a nice looking piece of bark now for an interesting look and some nice color I'm also a big fan of oak leaves Um, oak has a real nice bark which imparts a deep brownish yellow color to the water and it's quite distinctive there's a reason, I think, why our 20 twigs packs are so popular, and it's not just because you get a bunch of cool sticks. It's because they put a really nice coloration into the water. And, of course, then there's seed pods. Well, yeah, seed pods are an important part of any, you know, tinter's palette, and there are so many choices that you can play with. Um, there's just a few that I recommend head and shoulders above the rest if you're looking to get some serious color potentially quickly. Um, cocoa curls, for example... Um, I don't know if it's by virtue of their fibrous structure or what, but they realize a lot of reddish brown color and they release that into the water real quickly. And they look kind of cool too. And then there's alder cones, of course, which is the classic. And as one of my customers says, they're little tint grenades. You can employ them in the tank, in a filter or a reactor, lots of possibilities here. They produce a classic brown that is really attractive. And, you know, studies have shown that the, the, the tannins in these alder cones can impact the pH of water uh, that is, um, unbuffered water uh, slightly depending on how many you use so they're they're useful as well another surprise entry here is the the nipa palm pod and they have a like a surprising amount of tannins and they impart this almost reddish brown color to the water and like really quickly too and the, the physically they last a very long time uh, also from the palm tree cocoa palm bracts are as their you know as their name implies from the cocoa palm and when they're steeped or boiled, they release a lot of tannin. Again, almost a reddish brown. And they look good in a leaf litter bed. They sort of a, a much longer lasting, almost indefinitely um, lasting botanical. And uh, with that color and that combination of structure, they're very interesting. 
Now, again, there are a lot of others that you can play with, and these are just some of my favorite go-tos. I didn't even touch on the substrate-oriented materials. I mean, there's we can go on all day talking about this and feel free to, but I'm not going to do it in the, in the context of this podcast. It just doesn't make sense. Almost everything we do works. Now, like in every other aspect of the hobby, I, I dare say there are some shortcuts or ugh, hacks, you know, I hate that word, to get the tint you like. You know my disdain for shortcuts, but I'd be remiss if I failed to mention the ultimate one, and that's wood. Yeah, many of the types of wood that we commonly use in our aquariums release significant amounts of tannins. I mean, this is the source of so many desperate calls for help in those planted tank forums. You know, help, how do I get rid of the tannins that my, you know, Malaysian driftwood is making my water so brown? You, you see all those and I kind of laugh because I'm like, hey, that's cool. I mean, my favorite wood types for doing this are mangrove, Malaysian mangrove, and or Malaysian, just Malaysian driftwood, excuse me. And the big surprise, spiderwood, which puts a pretty significant coloration into the water if you let it. So yeah, embracing wood to help tint the water is just one of the few shortcuts that we can, you know, comfortably get behind, and it'll do it over a long period of time, as most of you know. Now, sure, I could go on and on and on and mention links to pretty much everything that we offer in our collection and sing the praises of every item's tint capability, which would be both self-serving and kind of absurd. However, again, the botanicals and the wood types I've talked about here are among the best, in my opinion, to do the job. Yet, even though they work and, you know, well, I like them, you should use what you like and you should always, you know, make the effort to understand the function behind the look and how to prepare them for use and the good and the bad impacts of using botanicals and the possibilities of killing your entire tank if you don't use common sense when you use them. We've talked about this hundreds of times on these pages. There's stuff all over the the blog, on our Facebook and social media. So there's no excuse for not following instructions and taking the time to properly prepare and utilize these items. We all know that. So, you know, that's just something we all have to self-please. And for like the 3,000th time, let's just review that difference between color and, well, you know where I'm headed, clarity. As more and more hobbyists embrace the use of aquatic materials or botanicals in their aquaria, we're seeing more and more tanks with, you know, tinted water, which is awesome. But let's be clear haha, about one thing. There's a difference between color and clarity. The color, as you know, is a product of the tannins leaching into the water from wood and botanicals, and it's typically not cloudy. It's actually one of the most natural-looking water conditions around, as water influenced by soil, wood, and leaves is kind of ubiquitous around the world. Other than having that undeniable color, there's little that differentiates this water from so-called crystal-clear water to the naked eye. Of course, the water may have a lower pH and a lower general hardness, but these have no bearing on the visual clarity of the water. And I remember fondly when I was a uh, co-owner of Unique Corals, which was a major coral importer and propagator here in Los Angeles, I had a beautiful little blackwater aquarium in my office, which is awesome because here we sold corals and saltwater stuff, and I had this brown tank. And everyone who came in my office gazed into that aquarium, and most were like real hardcore reef people and marine livestock vendors and such. And if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, man, you must be really busy, that aquarium looks really dirty, you need to change the filter, I'd be filthy rich. I mean, yeah, once I explained that the water, you know, what the water is, what black water is, and how it's natural and, in my eyes, desirable, they'd either have this aha moment and be like, oh, cool, or they just continue with the business at hand, shrugging off my explanation. Some hobbyists just don't get it. The point is, we seem to associate color in, you know, water with overall cleanliness or clarity. And the reality is, in many cases, the color and clarity of the water can be indicative of some sort of issue, but the color seems to draw an immediate, oh, there's something wrong from the uninitiated. And initially, if you talk to ecologists familiar with blackwater habitats, they also, they also, well, wow, I'm tripping on my tongue there. What I was trying to say is if you talk to ecologists that are familiar with blackwater habitats, they're often considered some of the most impoverished waters around, at least from a mineral and a nutrient standpoint. 
and in the aquarium and the general hobby at large has a different opinion of this as we've come to discover. Cloudiness and color generally separate, you know, are separate issues for most people, but they seem to cause concern, and perhaps they should. Cloudiness in particular may be a tip-off to some other issues in the aquarium, and as we all know, cloudiness can be caused by a few factors. You know, improperly cleaned substrate or decorative materials like driftwood, etc., which create that haze of micro-sized dust particles which just float in the water column. They could be bacterial blooms, typically caused by a heavy bioload in the system not capable of handling it, like a new tank, with a filter that's not fully established. They could be algal blooms, which can both cloud and color the water, it's usually a greenish, and it's again caused by excessive nutrients and too much light for a given system. It could also be poor husbandry, which results in heavy decomposition and bacterial blooms and biological waste affecting the water clarity. This is, of course, a rather urgent matter, and you need to attend to it because there's pretty serious consequences for letting it go. And curiously enough, the remedy for cloudy water in virtually every situation is simple. It's similar. It's water changes, uh, use of chemical filtration media like carbon, etc., reducing the light in the case of algal blooms, improved husbandry techniques, you know, like better feeding and more frequent maintenance, and perhaps most important, just the passage of time. There are, of course, other factors that affect clarity, like fishes that dig and otherwise disturb the substrate and wood with their grazing activities. But these aren't necessarily indicative of a husbandry issue. It's Aquarium Keeping 101. We know this stuff. But I hear enough comments and questions about the color of the water in its relation to cleanliness in botanical-style aquariums that it warranted the seemingly remedial review one more time. Remember, just because the water in our systems is brownish, it doesn't mean that it's of low quality or dirty, as we're inclined to say. It simply means that the tannins, humic acids, and other substances are leaching into the water, creating a characteristic color that some of us geeks find quite attractive. If you're still concerned, monitor the water quality, perform a nitrate test, look at the health of your animals. Just try to find out the answer to that basic question, what's happening in there? Or you can accept it without question if you want. I can think of at least one or two things that are influenced by some of the same processes which we accept without question in our daily lives, like coffee or tea. Now, I admit, visual tint is probably the single most superficial aspect of what we experience with botanical-style aquariums. But the most obvious and likely the most impactful to the casual hobbyist or observer it's just as important to understand the collateral benefits of utilizing botanical materials, which is a subject we've discussed dozens of times here. However, in, in the end, it's you know the look of your aquarium that is what you have to experience each and every day. And if having an understanding of which materials can bring you the aesthetic experience that you're after in a more effective way, well, then this was a worthwhile discussion, right? I think so. So enjoy curating your own palette. Until next time, stay engrossed, stay creative, stay enthusiastic, stay curious, stay tinted, and always stay wet. This is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.